Hey everyone, this is Oxygen for Leaders podcast. I am your host, Josh Garrison. As always here at Oxygen for Leaders, we give you leadership principles that help you maximize your potential as a leader. I am so excited about how who we have on the show today. John Gordon, leadership guru, author of many books, and an expert on positivity. He's with us today on the podcast. John, how are you doing today, man? I am doing great. Talking to you, even better. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, we saw real quick, I've seen on your Instagram, you've had a kind of a crazy 24 hours. Um, I just got to know, did you finally make it back home? I did. After delays and cancellations and reroute and driving four or five hours, actually, it's probably about seven, eight hours now, and then adding flights to that, I'm doing good. I finally made delay, and somehow, some way, it happened. You know, we got to stay positive. The travels, right? It's a it's a good analogy for life. We're going to face adversity, detours, setbacks, but we stay positive, optimistic, and we eventually get there. Maybe not as quick as we wanted to, but we eventually will get there. Man, you're already dropping some leadership bombs on us, and we haven't even gotten into the questions. <laughs> so, a book, one of the first books I've read of yours, uh, before you kind of give us a little background of really how you got to where you are, was the no complaining rule. I was serving at a church. And uh, the pastor wanted us to read this, and I didn't, I didn't, haven't heard of you before. And when I saw it, I was like, okay, well, is this going to be, you know, is this guy like everything is rainbows and unicorns? But as I started reading it, I was like, oh, it was really a mind shifter for me. And I just, I can't wait to jump into those questions. But before we do, can give us just a kind of quick background on really how you got to where you are and what made you kind of think of, man, positivity can really just change people's outlook on how they view life. Yeah, I love that. I appreciate that. You know, being positive doesn't mean that you walk around with rose-colored glasses. It means that you have the ability to overcome the thorns. And so you see the real challenges. You know that life is not easy. You know that you're going to face adversities and setbacks and, and a lot of pain in life. But, but you find a way forward through optimism, through belief, and through faith. And so the no complaining rule, as you mentioned, is about finding solutions amidst complaints. So you're going to have complaints, and it's okay to complain as long as you come with a solution. Just don't have mindless complaining. And that was me. Years ago, I was a mindless complainer. I was negative, miserable, fearful, stressed, and really, in many ways, depressed. I had two small children, a wife. I was about 29, 30 years old, and I just had all this pressure and responsibility, and I wasn't mature enough to handle it, and it was really beating me down. And so my wife had had enough of my negativity, and she said, you need to change. And so, well, let me back up. She said, you need to change. If you don't change, we're over. So, so I had to change, and I wanted to stay married. And I began this <laughs> journey of trying to be a more positive person. I researched ways that I could be more positive. And that led me to start writing these ideas down. I started a newsletter where I would share the things I was working on. And then that led to the energy bus. And then that changed my life in writing that book. And obviously wrote the no complaining rule. The funny thing is you said you read it with a church. I didn't know that there was actual complaining in churches, by the way. Oh, boy. Do I have some stories I, to tell you? <laughs> I know. I had no idea until I started hearing from all these churches that were using the book. I was a new Christian at the time and didn't grow up in the faith, so I thought 
all Christians were positive. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know there was negativity there, and I was surprised that there was. I'm like, aren't we supposed to be the people of faith? Like, as a new believer, right, who has a childlike faith, I thought, oh, it's, we should just be positive because that's what God calls us to be. I didn't know there was so much negativity. So it was really fun to to learn, uh, not fun, but <laughs> fun and sad to learn about it, but to also know that, you know, everyone is human, everyone has challenges, even people of faith. We all have dark moments. We all have times we go towards negativity. But thankfully, we have ways that we can turn it around, and that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> to answer your question, it's way more than you think. And man, your book really helped our staff at the current church. And I just want you to know your book, I'm sure, helps many, many, many churches. So absolutely, everyone needs some positivity. So these two questions I want to ask is I want to hit the, I want people to to hear you explain the why and then the how. So why is it so important to have a positive outlook? And this sounds like a simple question, but why is it so important to have a positive outlook on life instead of a negative one? Why is that so important? Great question. Because pessimists do not change the world. Complainers complain about problems, but they don't solve them. Critics write words, but they don't write the future. And naysayers say you can't do it. And so the world has always been changed by the optimists, by the positive people, the believers, the dreamers, and the doers who ultimately see a positive future and then take the actions necessary to create it. So when you face adversity, you face challenges, if you don't stay positive, you're going to give up. If we get discouraged, we give up. We don't give up because it's hard. We give up because we get discouraged. So just staying positive allows you to continue to move forward, walk in that belief and that faith and that optimism one step at a time, and then over time you start to take action, you create results, and you see the fruit of that. You can't see it while you're going through it so often. You always see it when you look back. But it's the positive people that do that. And so that's why it's so important to stay positive on this journey. Wow. Because I even know with my own self, I can wake up and let's say a Monday. No one usually likes Mondays. You know, it's the weekend's over and back to work. And it's funny how really a mindset can just define what kind of day you're going to have. And are you going to have a bad one? Are you going to have a good one? And that really is decided in the morning, you know, you wake up. So it's just crazy. I know it sounds so simple. Stay positive. But it really the amazing effects it has which kind of leads me to the, so we know why we should, but a lot of people, they could be in a rough spot in life. They could be just, they're kind of going through a grind right now. So what are some, I guess, the how behind the why? How can we stay positive, even if we're going through some tough times? Really great questions. Well, here's the deal. If you don't have it, you can't share it. So it's important to be positive, not just for you, but so that you can share with others because you're feeding others with your energy, whether it's positive or negative. You're feeding yourself to be the positive or negative. So you have to start to feed yourself first so that way you can feed others. This is a big part of my talks, my books, my approach in our training. We have a training program, the Power of Positive Leadership, and we help leaders feed themselves so that they can then feed others and we take them through practices and principles that actually change organizations and have amazing results. I've seen it over and over again, working with all the sports teams I've worked with, all the all the companies. And so that's the key. Feed yourself so you can feed others. It starts when you wake up. You can feel blessed or stressed. And the research shows you can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. So if you're feeling blessed, you won't be stressed. So how do you do that? Well, I take a walk of gratitude. I walk in the morning, I say what I'm thankful for, 
and the research shows that I'm doing that, I'm flooding my brain with these positive emotions that uplift me rather than the stress hormones that slowly drain and kill me. So that's a big start. If you don't want to take a thank you walk, practice gratitude on the way to work. When you get to work, walk around, say what you're thankful for, and thank people for what they're doing. Just practice a little gratitude. Start a gratitude journal. We did that over and over again. It does work. Shift our perspective from what we have to do to what we get to do. You change that have to to get to, you shift that complaining voice to an appreciative heart. No, I don't have to go do this. I get to do this. Even yesterday over all the travels, right? I get to go speak to people and make a difference. I get to fly in a plane. I get to do this job. Well, somebody wish they could actually be a speaker and, and write books. So I should be thankful that I'm going through these challenges. My mom passed away when she was 59. She doesn't get to do anything anymore, but I do. So life is a gift, not an obligation. So so that shifts everything. Look at your challenges as opportunities when you're going through them. And I've been there. It's hard to sometimes see it, but how you see it determines how you deal with it and ultimately the world you create. It's all how you see it. So that challenge, is it a challenge or is it, or is it an opportunity? So I'll, I choose to look at it as an opportunity to learn, to grow, to improve, and to get better. Now, again, I, I'm not always there. Sometimes I'm just upset. Sometimes, you know, I'm cursing with the wind. And sometimes <laughs> I, I have, well, I think most of the time, most of the time now, it used to be a lot more the other way. But most of the time, okay, I can see it. All right, John, you're getting caught up in the moment. You're getting caught up in, in the situation. Be bigger than it. Have a, have a different perspective. And then in that moment, you can shift your perspective in that moment. And that shift changes everything. So is fear filling us up or are we choosing faith as we move forward? It's really as simple as that. And all these ideas are so simple. But what I find is when people do this and they start to feed themselves on a daily basis, everything changes. And oh, I got to tell you this. The best advice I ever heard is from Dr. James Gill. He's the only person on the planet to complete six double Ironman triathlons, which means you you do an Ironman and then a day later you do another one. And... He did this when he was 59 years old, his last one. And so he was asked how he did it. And he said, I've learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself. He said, if I listen wow. to myself, I hear, all the, I hear all the negative, the fear, and the doubt. But if I talk to myself, I can feed myself with the words and the encouragement that I need to keep on moving forward. See, everyone needs to understand that there's a battle going on in our mind between fear and faith, between positive and negative. And those negative thoughts are always coming in. Your job is not to believe those negative thoughts because they're not coming from you. You would never choose a negative thought. They're coming in. Don't believe those negative thoughts. Don't believe the lies that those negative thoughts tell that say you're not good enough, that's smart enough, it's not going to happen, your future is hopeless, your past is, is, is who you are, the big truck coming this way as I'm trying to get away from it because it's making a lot of noise. And so we have to make sure that we are, are instead of listening to those lies, we're speaking truth to those lies and positive words of encouragement, if that makes sense. Wow. Man, that's incredible. I love what you said. It's all about perspective and how the outlook we look on or the lens through which we look at in life. And just your, like you said, your travel yesterday, like, yeah, a lot of that was probably inconvenient. But like you said, you're, it was inconvenient. That traveling was inconvenient because you're doing what you love to do. And when you look at it like that, and I know a lot of us would go through things, but it's all about kind of the perspective in which we look through. And as a fellow believer, which I love that, even through, I've heard 
when we in prayer life and we pray to God and when we come to him first with our with thankfulness instead of all of our problems after we give thanks and our problems seem very very small and I love just really all about perspective and outlook and I could not agree with you more uh, one last question here before we kind of wrap up is what is one piece of advice that you would give to an up and coming leader one piece of advice. That's hard because I give a lot of advice. If you wish somebody could have told you something, what do you wish that would be earlier in your career? I would say that it's all about relationships. That you can't lead someone if you don't know them. And you can't motivate someone if you don't know what motivates them. So leadership is all about investing in relationships to be able to develop the people that you lead. You can only really lead in a personal way, you know, 12 people, three in a very intimate way. That's really the numbers that I've seen that work best. And I think, um, you know, again, as a person of faith, I think Jesus shows us that, that that was possible. You start to get beyond 12, it's really hard to connect with more than 12 people. So you have to cascade the leadership down your organization. You have to take the time. Even if you're the CEO, you invest in your direct reports. You make sure you're coaching and leading them to be better leaders. Then, those people that you're leading, those 12, now have to be better leaders for the people they lead. So if everyone would develop relationships throughout the organization with their team, we would have stronger teams, stronger leaders, and 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 better organizations. And that's what it's all about. So in the Power of Positive Leadership training we do, that's what we teach. We teach how to communicate, connect, commit, care, to develop the relationships, lead with love and accountability, the two together, because that's the key, demanding that the meaning, lead with optimism and belief, build a strong culture, overcome the negativity. And when you do, you create an environment where you and your team can now do your best work, and that's what it's all about. Wow. John, I can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing with us today. Uh, everyone who's listening, man, just go to Amazon, type in John Gordon's name. So many books that you can get. J.O.N. Gordon now. J.O.N. Gordon. I don't have an H. No, there you go. That's, yeah, no H name. J-O-N Gordon. Uh, any book, then he's right, man. You need to grab it and just read it. it. Positivity really just changes your mindset and how you just look at things. Uh, John, stay on the line. We want to thank you again after this. Everyone, this is Oxygen for Leaders Podcast. And our guest today, John Gordon. Until next time.